Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Savior, Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you on this Tuesday morning. Praise the Lord, pass the ammunition. I want to begin the broadcast. For those of you who are joining us early in the morning, remember the early bird catches the worm. And I'm going to lay the foundation today so that the things that we're going to be sharing today, that you'll understand that beneath all of them, Thank you. Uh, Beneath all of the things we're going to talk about today, this is the foundation I want you to retreat to when you hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying uh, to our generation. Okay, so I want to begin out of John chapter 14, very familiar passage of Scripture, and here's what it says. Let not your heart be troubled. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Let not your heart be troubled. I want you to remember this. Whatever happens today, tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month, next year, remember the words of Jesus Christ. Let not your heart be tossed. Don't let it be troubled. Don't let it be stirred up. Don't let it get afraid. Don't be confused. Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. In other words, in my father's dwelling, there are many residences. There are many abodes. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you to make all the necessary final preparations. I'm going to do it. 
Now, I believe that the context of this message is that Yeshua was going to the cross. He was going to die for the sins of the whole world. He was going to bring his blood before the mercy seat of God in heaven to make an atonement for the sins of those who believe. And I believe that that is the preparation so that the Spirit could be brought into their lives so that the Holy Spirit would come into the life of a believer, thus making the heart of a believer the residence of God himself. And I believe Scripture bears that out and backs that up. So he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, the Bible's clear that we are seated with the Lord in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are in him. He is in us. All right? So, and where I am, there you may be also, and where I, whither I go, you know in the way you know. So, here's Jesus calming down the thoughts. Now, put it in context. He's calming down the thoughts of the disciples because of what was ready to happen. There were things he had been telling them for three and a half years. He had been sharing the revelation of what was going to happen. And now the time was at hand. Jesus, Yeshua, knew all about it. He knew that he was hours away from being arrested, hours away of being crucified, going to the cross, and experiencing his passion. He also knew when that would take place, that a great persecution would break out against the ecclesia and that there would be a scattering to the ends of the earth. He knew to that generation that he had been prophesying to and preaching to and revealing to that the time had now come. He knew that. Now, they didn't know that, so he's trying to get them into a position in their thinking, in their hearts, do not let your heart be troubled. In other words, if, if, we, if, you, if they were understanding, he was saying, in a few hours, boys, they're going to come for me. In a few hours, I'm going to be taken to trial. In a few hours, there's going to be a mock trial, and they are going to condemn me to death. And I'm going to the cross, and all Jerusalem will see what's ready to happen to me. But I don't want your heart to be troubled. I'm telling you, in front of the persecution that is coming, don't let your heart be troubled. And then, of course, the Lord goes into a lot of teaching on that. But the last thing he says to them that I want to communicate to you is John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. All right, so he knows what's coming. He's been with these disciples for three and a half years, instructing them, training them. He is the perfect image of God. He is the perfect administration of truth. I mean, they were tutored by the perfect one, God himself. In fact, in John 14, he was telling Philip and Thomas and all the others, that if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Have I not been with you such a long time and you still don't understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeshua was the exact image or the express image of the Father. And while they were listening to him and while they were looking at him, they still didn't get it that when they were saying, okay, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. He's like, I am the Father. You're looking at the Father. You've seen the Father. 
but there was a dullness to their understanding, their hearing. And so the last 2,000 years, as the Lord has been speaking to his church from generation to generation, and you know that you and I, if we consider in this context a generation to be 40 years, that we are the 50th 40-year generation, because 50 times 40 is 2,000. We're 2,000 years down the road. And so we are in the context of the 50th generation, the Jubilee generation, the release generation, which is tied into a lot of prophecy. But for 2,000 years, God's been talking to the ecclesia on the earth. And in these last days, he's been speaking to us by his spirit, the words of his son, prophetically inspired words of God, getting us ready for what's coming. Just as Yeshua at the beginning was unveiling the reality to his disciples of what they would face in their generation. So by the spirit of Yeshua, God has been revealing to our generation what is coming. And we have been talking about it for a very long time, but his admonition to the believers is do not let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. I'm giving you peace in spite of the storm that you're about to face. So as it was in the beginning, so shall it be at the end. And at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ to the disciples, he was preparing them for persecution. And in these last days, he's warning Christians around the world of the coming persecution. The only difference today is that Jesus never told his disciples, don't worry about it. There's going to be a pre-trip rapture. Only in our generation are the so-called ministers telling the church, don't worry about it. Uh, you're going to be out of here in a preacher of rapture. That's not what Jesus taught, because the church did go through persecution, as we will in the days that lie ahead. So uh, this is where I want to begin today. And we have some very important things that we need to say. We need to get out. We need to release. Much of it isn't anything that we haven't heard before in the realm of, in the last days, there'll be uh, deception, there'll be wars, there'll be rumors of wars, there'll be famines, earthquakes, troubles, turmoil, <clears throat> you know, earthquakes, all these things globally at the same time will be taking place in that last generation, not just an event over here at that time or over there at that time. It'll be a culmination, a climax of events globally all over the world, unrest, the shaking of the nations, the turmoil of the nations, and it will be an intensified reality, and those are the signs that the saints of God are supposed to be looking at to get themselves prepared and in the right place, okay? We admit that we see all the signs that Yeshua talked about. I want to talk about two of them today, two signs. I have a word of knowledge I want to share with that, but for the early bird who catches the worm, I just wanted you to know do not let your heart be troubled. Obey the Lord. Keep his commandments. Do what he tells you to do. Keep working things out, moving in the right direction. Don't reject or deny what the word of God is unveiling to our generation. Now, I want to begin with an article, and I'm just going to make this a little bit larger here, and I want to talk about what Prophecy News Watch is sharing, a very reputable uh, <clears throat> organization that's sharing news events from around the world from a Christian perspective. And again, our job is to do what? View the signs of the time, look through the biblical lens at the signs of the times, and give interpretation of what's happening. So this article is titled, The Great Holiday Shortage is Coming. Now even the mainstream media 
is admitting that the shortages are going to get even worse. Earlier this year, the talking heads on television were assuring all of us that the U.S. economy would be booming by the end of 2021. But obviously, that has not happened. Instead, we are facing growing shortages and rampant inflation. My goodness, I could confirm that. Yesterday, we were out, and what used to be 39 bucks is now 89 or 79. Uh, it's unbelievable inflation that's going on. Uh, it was noted just yesterday, but it's true. So we're facing the growing shortages, rampant inflation. In fact, one measure of inflation just hit the highest level in nearly 40 years. But of more immediate concern is the fact that shortages are intensifying all over the nation. We have never seen anything like this before, and the mainstream media is openly telling us that the worst is yet to come. For example, the following comes from an Axios article entitled The Great Holiday Shortage, and I quote, brace yourself. It's going to be hard to find everything, not just your favorite holiday foods and hot toys and gifts, but also basic staples like coffee and footwear. Because of supply chain problems that will likely persist at least through the next spring. At least through next spring? That's talking about April 2022. Does that sound familiar? Five months, prepare, get in position, make all the final necessary preparations, get ready, God has been speaking. Now, fall is just starting now, so through next spring would put us about nine months from now. Okay, so this was written, oh, I don't know when the time of the article was written. It was probably just when maybe the end of uh, September or wherever it is. All right, so <clears throat> other mainstream media outlets are becoming quite alarmist as well. In an article they posted last week, the Today Show warned that we can expect to see a shortage of canned foods during the upcoming holiday season. Rodney Holcomb, a food economist or economist at Oklahoma State University, told you uh, today in an email that we can expect to see a shortage of canned foods but that this has to do more with the container than the actual food. Aluminum availability is still a concern, so it may be more difficult to find those canned, ready-to-eat items on store shelves, Holcomb said. This wasn't supposed to happen, but it is happening, and we are going to have to deal with it, he said. Meat supplies are getting tighter and tighter as well. The following comes from an excellent piece by Stephen Stanford. Looking over the meat section to see if there were any deals going on this day and age of rising meat prices, that manager came out from the back just in time to me to, me, to pelt him with a couple of questions. Asking him first, have you been having any difficulties in getting your meat supplies? He immediately responded to me with, I ordered 150 pounds of lunch meat this week only to get 20 of them, then warning me 
And I've been told it's going to get a lot worse. WTOP News in Washington, D.C. reported September 30th, Prince George's Country Public Schools says it will stop handling out or handing out free suppers to some students starting next week, citing supply chain issues and natural shortages. Last month, a supermarket industry insider personally informed me that supply issues are widespread across a whole host of product categories. As the American people begin to figure out what is going on, we could potentially see a wave of panic shopping like we have never witnessed before. Let me say it again. I'm going to interject in the article right now. We have been told, get ready. Five months, prepare, make the final preparations, get everything in order, get in the right place, et cetera, et cetera. You're now hearing an article from the Prophecy News Watch, and you're seeing news media outlets declaring something about this coming spring, uh, that there's going to be shortages through these next months to get things going in the spring. We'll see what happens in the spring. I don't believe everything's going to be normal. In fact, I think people are going to be waking up to a new world order like they've never dreamed maybe not even being able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. We'll see how time goes. Now, as the American people begin to figure out what is going on, we could potentially see a wave of panic shopping like we have never witnessed before. Meanwhile, the chip shortage continues to cause havoc for the entire global economy and it isn't going to end anytime soon. According to CNBC, one expert is warning that it could even stretch beyond 2022. The semiconductor chip shortage that is hamstringing the production of products ranging from cars and computers to appliances and toothbrushes will extend into 2022 and potentially beyond that, the CEO of semiconductor company Marvel Technology said. As I have discussed in previous articles, the chip shortage is deeply affecting thousands of other industries. Without enough chips, automakers cannot produce enough vehicles, and sales are way, way down as a result. New car sales plunged over the last three months in the United States despite strong demand, as the shortage of computer chips and other supply chain issues caused shutdowns at auto factories and choked off the supply of vehicles. General Motors reported sales fell a third from a year ago last quarter, and they were off 40% from the same quarter of 2019 before the pandemic roiled the car market. Sales at Celantis, the company formed by the merger of Fiat Chrysler and Francis PSA Group, fell 19% from a year ago and 27% from pre-pandemic period. Unfortunately, European automakers are greatly suffering as well. So British car production dropped by 27% year on year in August as a lack of semiconductors and led to a big drop in the number of vehicles exported to Australia, the US and China. On Thursday, Volkswagen, Ford and Opel Makes Stellantis announced fresh temporary closures in Germany because of the chip problem. Opel is closing a plant until 2022, the longest such stoppage so far. So in addition to a shortage of chips, 
Many industries are also being plagued by a severe shortage of workers. For the first time in human history, there is a simultaneous shortage of workers all over the globe, and none of the experts can explain why this is happening. Earlier today, I was stunned to learn that the UK may need to call up to 120,000 pigs just because there isn't enough workers to process them all. Britain may be entering a prolonged period of crisis now, one that may be on par or even exceeds the emergencies of the late 1970s. Brits faced a gasoline shortage because of the lack of truck drivers, dwindling natural gas supplies, and soaring power bills. There's also been food shortages and panic buying of essential goods that have driven up prices and made the situation much worse. A more extended crisis is occurring within the country's food supply chain. The the latest figures from the National Pig Association warn 120,000 pigs will be culled because of labor shortages. A lack of labor is also one of the reasons why dozens and dozens of container ships are waiting off of our coastlines, waiting to be unloaded right now. Imagine that, all over. There are ships at sea waiting to come into our country to unload their product, but they're not able to do so right now. That's interesting. Dozens of cargo ships anchored off the coast of Los Angeles and New York face shocking wait times of up to four weeks, and rail yards and trucking routes are hopelessly clogged due to the lack of manpower to unload goods. With an expert warning that the government needs to intervene or face spiraling inflation and unemployment. We find ourselves in the middle of an epic supply chain disaster, and our leaders seem to be utterly clueless as far as coming up with any solutions to get us out of this mess. So the warnings have been out for a very long time. Many people have warned of a a banking collapse, a monetary collapse, a financial industry collapse. Now we have ships at sea not able to get into our ports, into our harbors. Um, Product is not there. Boy, does that sound eerily reminiscent of Revelation chapter 18, that the shipmasters would be out at sea seeing the smoke of her torment rise. Let me read that to you out of Revelation chapter 18 and put things in perspective before we go on to the next article and then share the things that God has put in our heart to share. But in Revelation chapter 18, the Bible says this, And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Stay with me. Come to Revelation 18. Verse 2, He cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. You know why all those ships are coming into America? Because we're the number one consumer nation in the history of the world. And number one in the world today, we, that's why we're in such debt with credit cards and all that other stuff, because we're a debtor nation, because we just keep wanting through the madness of our own desire, lust, and idolatry to have more and more and more. 
And all those merchants out there that want to bring their supply here, their merchandise, their resources, they've been made rich by the consumer nation, but the time is coming where they're not able to get into port. Why? Well, it says this in verse 4. I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she has filled, filled to her double. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she says in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. That is the mantra of Babylon. Nothing bad will ever happen to me. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise anymore, the merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thion wood and manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of most precious wood and of brass, iron, marble, cinnamon, odors, ointments, frankincense, wine, oil, slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that your soul lusted after are departed from you. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from you. And you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things, all those ship merchants, right, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, Weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls for in one hour. So great riches has come to nothing. So God's judgment is a day, an hour, another suddenly, and it doesn't take long to fulfill it. And every shipmaster, here it is, verse, what are we at here? 17, every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like unto this great city? They cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, alas, alas, that great city, wherein we were made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason, of her costliness in one hour is she made desolate one hour one hour one day weeping and wailing not for the loss of human life not for the destruction but because they don't get to be rich any longer 
It's kind of like a whore having a John that made her wealthy, and he dies, and she's so sad that he's dead, not because she loved him, but because he no longer supplies her wealthy desires and needs. Listen to what's being said. Now, this is a perfect scenario to what is happening right now in real time, observable, not mental, tangible. Is it possible that today there are some folk out there today that believe that today, October 5th, 2021, begins 10 days of darkness, that false flag events potentially could manifest in the next 10 days? When I think about the people in ships right outside of our ports and harbors, that the Bible says that they will cry out because they will see the smoke of her burning. I ask the question, is it possible that the prophetic word that was spoken years ago about several nuclear detonations going off in several major cities in the United States at the same time is at the door? Is it possible that dirty bombs and false flag events and all these things are potentially ready to happen now? Is this the October surprise that everybody has talked about for years and years and years? Is this the moment that the merchants of the sea will fulfill Bible prophecy? Is this the time that men will lament and mourn because they won't be able to do business anymore with Babylon because she is desolate? in one hour, and it's always been said that between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m., several nuclear bombs will go off in several major cities across the United States, and in one hour, it will be destroyed, and everything will cease to exist. It will happen that fast, and have we been in the time of the enemies that God has allowed to come to this nation to bring judgment upon our nation for the blasphemy that we have touted? the shedding of innocent blood, the abominable laws that we have passed in the society, and the outright satanic blasphemy against the Lord and the participant people of the nation have been involved with, is it possible that the time of her judgment is now? Well, we'll take a further look at that. I want to share one more article with you, and this is also coming from Prophecy News Watch. And this article was titled, Wars and Rumors of Wars. There are two major conflicts on the horizon. Two major conflicts on the horizon. Historically, the start of most wars has not been a surprise. Usually, there is a very clear buildup before hostilities begin, and we are seeing the same pattern today. For example, by now, it should be exceedingly clear to everyone that Israel and Iran will be going to war. Both sides have been talking about the coming conflict for years, and everyone knows who has been causing the mystery explosions inside Iran, and everyone knows who has been attacking Israeli commercial ships. There they are again. A shadow war has already been going on for quite some time, and at some point, missiles will start flying back and forth between the two countries. Likewise, By now, it should be exceedingly clear that China very much wants to invade Taiwan. Reunification is a top national priority for the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. 
And as you will see in just a moment, we are being warned that Z, XI, President Z, whose name is in the number 666, remember that, the Chi, Z, Sigma, spelled exactly like his name. Anyways, we are being warned that Z, Jinping, has apparently decided that Taiwan is not a problem that will be passed down to the next generation. <clears throat> From a U.S. perspective, the goal is to delay these conflicts for as long as possible. But China just keeps getting more and more aggressive with Taiwan. In fact, the Chinese military sent 77 military aircraft into Taiwan's air defense identification zone on Friday and Saturday. So Taiwan has reported a record number of incursions by Chinese warplanes. Now, this article is right now. This happened in, uh, over the weekend. So again, Taiwan has reported a number of incursions by Chinese warplanes into its air defense identification zone for the second day in a row, Taiwan, Taiwan's Ministry of National Defense said on Saturday night. The self-governing island said a total of 39 Chinese military aircraft entered the ADIZ on Saturday, one more than the 38 planes it spotted on Friday. This shocking provocation led one British news source to boldly declare that China and Taiwan are on the brink of war, and that isn't too far from the truth. In response, the head of Taiwan's government had some very tough words for the Chinese. China, they said, has been wantonly engaged in military aggression, damaging regional peace, said Taiwan Premier Su Cheng on Saturday. Let me see what he said again. China has been wantonly engaged in military aggression, damaging regional peace. And he also referred to the fact that Taiwan is depending on the United States to protect it from China. So again, the United States that gets involved in helping Israel, maybe, we don't know. China, uh, um, yeah, the United States gets involved in helping Taiwan against China. Now you have the enemies of Taiwan and Israel, considering you to be the great Satan, right, from the Islamic perspective. And so all your agents that are in your nation and all the development of sophisticated weapons of mass destruction could go at any moment. This is true. And again, it would destroy the infrastructure of our nation in one hour. That's how vulnerable we really are. And don't ever forget that. We are a vulnerable nation, and a lights-out scenario is now at the door. We are now, according to some articles, in a 10-day high watch of darkness. What does that mean? Time will tell. So, the U.S. commitment to Taiwan is rock solid and contributes to the maintenance of peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait and within the region. This is what the leader of Taiwan said. We will continue to stand with friends and allies to advance our sharp prosperity, security, and values and deepen our ties with democratic Taiwan. When China finally invades Taiwan, the U.S. and China will instantly be in a state of war. And everyone understands this. At one time, the Chinese had hoped to peacefully reunify with Taiwan like they did with Hong Kong, but that is out of the picture now. The CCP leaders have realized that they are going to have to take Taiwan by force. And so they are looking for an opportunity. 
with feeble Joe Biden in the White House and with the American people deeply tired of wars, this may be the best chance that the CCP is going to get, and they certainly realize this. So could they pull the trigger on an invasion in the months ahead? Let's hope not, because such a conflict would throw the entire globe into a state of chaos. But the clock is ticking. Ha. Huh. The clock is ticking. The name of my broadcast today is Tick Tock, Tick Tock, like a ticking time bomb. First time I'm reading this article right now, and I just, I always marvel when I see the confirmation that time is ticking, the clock is ticking. Hmm. Okay. Praise the Lord. Let's go just a little bit more. So could they pull the trigger on an invasion in the months ahead was the question. Absolutely is the answer. But the clock is ticking because, as I noted above, we are being told that Xi Jinping has determined that Taiwan is not a problem that will be passed down to the next generation. However, President Xi Jinping in China has previously expressed his aims to annex the island by suggesting there is no room for any form of Taiwan independence. Dr. Nick Beisley from La Trobe University in Australia said, Xi Jinping has made a very public and very clear signal that says Taiwan is not a problem that will be passed down to the next generation. He's making some determined points. Meanwhile, the game of nuclear chicken that Iran and Israel are playing is rapidly approaching a moment of truth. Here's nuclear wars again in this article. Just like his predecessor, Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, has promised to never allow the Iranians to develop their own nuclear weapons, and everyone agrees that day is now closer than ever, the following comes from an Israeli news source. In his speech to the UN General Assembly last week, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett declared that Iran's nuclear program has hit a watershed moment, and so has our tolerance. Words do not stop centrifuges from spinning. We will not allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon. Now, while quite dramatic candor, meanwhile, IDF Chief of Staff Aviv Kahavi publicly declared in January that the IDF was preparing fresh operational plans for a potent military strike in August that Iran's nuclear progress has prompted the IDF to speed up its operational plans with a fresh budget to do so, and in September that the IDF has greatly accelerated preparations for action against Iran's nuclear program. Folks, I want to ask you a question. If military powers around the world and governments around the world are rapidly accelerating to get their final preparations done, what are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? Why are we sitting back, acting like nothing bad is going to happen, that somehow we're going to be whisked away and there's going to be no trouble for us to have to deal with? Now, don't let your heart be troubled. Remember, we started with that. Neither let it be afraid. But to make your final preparations in an accelerated way is potent to the things that are going to be taking place in this world. Now, the war... has already started. Iranian Foreign Ministry 
spokesman Saeed Katzbzadeh told Meriv, Israel has carried out attacks that were intended to destroy our nuclear program for peaceful purposes. It murdered nuclear scientists and harmed the Iranian people. Iran is accused of terrorism, but there is no good or bad terrorist. The whole crisis is in the region and is Israel's fault. So again, we're getting into blame. In fact, top Iranian officials just said that war with Israel has already started. That's what we just said. So needless to say, a full-blown war between Israel and Iran would also throw the entire globe into a state of chaos, and it is coming. And I believe uh, Russia would probably get behind Iran in that conflict. So we have China and Russia as major nations backing these particular smaller states, these proxy nations that they work with and through. So if either of the wars that have been discussed in this article were to fully erupt before the end of this calendar year, which is just in a couple of months, economic activity all over the planet would be greatly affected and it would make global supply chain problems far, far worse than they are now. Now we're coming into what some people have said, Perry Stone, the Farmer's Almanac, some other news sources, that we are coming into the coldest winter in our, on this continent, ever. We saw last year the plummeting temperatures right here in northwest Arkansas, 18 below zero, 18 degrees below zero. We saw in Texas, Texas, Power outages, broken water lines, frozen homes, freezing temperatures. It hit the nation. They're saying this year will be colder than that time. That's what Almanac says. That's what Perry Stone is saying. And again, I'm I'm not wanting to just regurgitate people's propaganda, but I don't believe it's propaganda. I believe there's truth behind what they're saying. I believe that God has been speaking Five months, five months, and really hesitatingly even wanting to say that because never wanting to put a date on anything. It just seemed so Holy Spirit to tell the listeners of this broadcast, you've got five months to get into position because things will not be the same. And these articles that we're reading this morning seem to confirm that within a day or an hour or during a cold winter, the world in our nation and around the world will change. Can you imagine the lights out in a freezing winter? No way to have electricity turning the heater on or no supply to get propane or gas to your house to turn on or oil or whatever you use wherever you live in the country. So I think I want to stop on this article right now. Yeah, I just want to stop right there. Um, If China invades Taiwan, the U.S. military would instantly be forced into action. And if Iran and Israel go to war, the U.S. would definitely not stay on the sidelines. Needless to say, most Americans are not even thinking about war right now. But war is coming, and it won't be too long before it is here. Now, that kind of identifies what we said just over a year ago, that the third wave after the COVID pandemic debacle is, is gone that war will come. And war is a great distraction, by the way, and you make a lot of money in war if you're on the winning side. But I'm not so sure that the war that is really coming 
is going to really boast a winner as much as God will employ a weapon of mass destruction like he did the Assyrian in Isaiah chapter 10. You need to study that. He took hold of the Assyrian. He put his wrath, anger, and indignation in them to carry out his will of judgment against Israel, his own people, in the days of Isaiah. And you have to understand that that's how this works. So this isn't about two people fighting to who's going to have the power. This is God's judgment that's coming upon a nation that has sinned grossly and grievously against the Lord. There's no problem with that. That's not drama. That's not being hypersensationalistic in any way. That is the truth of God's word. And it just is that we are coming to this moment. We've, we've entered into a time frame. Now today, October 5th through October 15th, is a very, very critical time. A critical time. I want to share with you now a prophecy that I wrote many years ago. Many years ago. And it seems to have a an influence, and I haven't, I haven't even read this whole thing. I've been sitting on my desk for three days, and I, I believe that the parts that I've viewed and, and glanced at, it's kind of consistent with what we're talking about right now. So let's read it. Uh, this is called Until the Day, Until the Day. They were eating and drinking and marrying and given in marriage. They knew not until the flood came. And that's the key, until. The name of this is until the day. They knew not until the flood came. They, the unsuspecting masses, they, the people that were engaged in life, uh, the normal things of life, eating, drinking, buying, selling, building, planting, marrying, giving in marriage, et cetera, et cetera, they knew not. Until the flood came, all things continued until the day Noah entered into the ark. Without being an alarmist, if I were able to rightly present the boiled down version of what God has put in my spirit to be a watchman on this broadcast, I would be saying honestly that you and I, we, should be very diligent in these five months. I believe God's given us five months to get into position, to have all the necessary final preparations made before April 2nd, 2022. Because the things we just read, the things that are swirling, I believe in the boiled down version of God, we're going to speak. This is the time they entered into the ark. Is your ark ready? Are you knowing? Have you spent the time with all the time that you've had to search out where God wants you to be? Have you made the necessary preparations of food, water, medical supplies? How you're going to be able to use your one-bedroom apartment wherever you live? Will the water be running? Will your toilets work, your showers? Will your water be handled? What will the neighborhood be like? Is it secure? Are you in a safe place? Or will it be like Katrina? 
Will you be forced out of your home into a stadium somewhere to be supposedly protected? Protected In New Orleans, you've heard me tell the story. I was able to speak with people that were there and how the, the, the police and really the military powers were surrounding the top of the stadium and there were roving gangs that were doing really bad things to people that were supposedly in a safe place. I'm asking you an honest question. It would be very remiss of me to say to you today that I don't believe any of this. I don't believe anything's going to happen. I don't believe anything bad's going to happen because I'm not getting into the mantra of Babylon. I refuse to do it. And I believe that the spirit of the Lord has been saying some things and we need to be paying attention. Now, this world and all of its systems, checks, and balances are going to come to an end one day. Again, I'm just going to share with you the marvel of confirmation, and you can believe me or not. I haven't, I didn't read that. See, I just glanced. I got these big, bold uh, types, right? I got these big, bold things that I just looked at, and I got three pages here. So I'm just reading this now, and I'm reading, because I didn't plan this morning to read Revelation 18. I didn't have a scripted sermon to get on. I came down this morning. I found the two articles that I read to you this morning, and the Revelation 18, just Holy Spirit said, read it. Now I'm hearing. What am I hearing? It'll come to an end in one day. Wow. One day. Just read that. A sound has been heard in the ears of them who have an ear to hear. An alarm has sounded to awaken those who are interested in waking up. Now remember, the, again, this is marvelous to me. The year 2022 which will be 5782, starts April 2nd, 2022, is the awakening. So there's a call right now. There's an alarm being sounded, okay? A sound has been heard in the ears of them who have an ear to hear. Remember, Amos chapter 8 said that there would be a famine, or was it uh, Amos chapter 9, 8 or, eight or 9, where he said that there would be a famine. God would send a famine, but not of bread and water, but of hearing the words of God. So that famine would mean that people would not hear the warning. They would not be awakened by the alarm that God is sending. They would stay asleep. Okay? The trumpet has sounded. The end of all things is at hand. All right, we're just speaking by the Spirit, prophetically. It's biblical. Peter wrote to his generation, the end of all things is at hand. The word of God is dualistic in nature and from generation to generation, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, this gospel shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. Then shall the end come. There is an end of all things. This generation is living in the end of all things time. Many would put off the day of the Lord and push it far off into the future. Yet this is a great deception. This is a trick of the enemy to make people believe that all is well and we have recovered from the tiny crises that has touched us. Remember, I wrote this years ago. I'll give you the date in a second. Got it written right on there. I, when I wrote this in 2007, I don't think people thought about 2020 
becoming a reality, and I don't believe a lot of people would believe what we're going to share in just a moment is going to happen in this country, what we've been saying, believe it, but it's already been happening. The passionate thrust of true evangelism during the past 40 years has brought in the harvest of souls around the world. The time of preaching, this is a scary part, especially when others are saying there's going to be a great harvest of souls right now. And I'll tell you what, there is a great harvest going on right now. And it's not a harvest of souls to the righteous kingdom of God. There are nations being harvested into the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. We'll talk about that hopefully in a bit. But the time of preaching has come to an end. And the until time has arrived. It is time for the saints to enter into the ark. Imagine that. Imagine that. It's time for the saints to enter into the ark. And it was a year and a half later after I wrote this, or two years ago. No, it was a a year and a half that we actually moved out of California into the ark. I think it's very interesting. Many have labored in the Lord. Many have experienced being used by the Lord as a worker in his field. But the sound of judgment has been heard in the land, and the Spirit of the Lord would call his people into the ark of their salvation. It is written in Isaiah's prophetic letter, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut your doors about you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment, until, until, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. The whole earth and all that is in it is about to be turned upside down and inside out. The earth shall be emptied of everything except those who remain, who could not be shaken. Hear the end time prophetic utterance of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 24.1. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste and turns it upside down and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. Isaiah 24, verse 2. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. Verse 3. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, For the Lord has spoken this word, Isaiah 24, 3. Verse 4, the earth mourns and fades away. The world languisheth and fade away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. Verse 5, the earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. Oh my God, is it not defiled under the inhabitants of our nation with what we're doing? The earth can't even stomach that. That's why the convulsions, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinances, 
broken the everlasting covenant. That was in verse 5. Isaiah 24, 6. Therefore has the curse, the Allah, it's called Allah in the Hebrew, the curse is the Allah. Therefore has the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. What was Isaiah talking about? Isaiah 24, 7. The new wine mourns, the vine languisheth, all the merry-hearted do sigh. Isaiah 24, 8. That's not God's new wine, by the way. That's the new wine of the world boasts of its vineyards and their mirth and all that. Isaiah 24, 8. The mirth of tabrets ceaseth. The noise of them that rejoice ends. The joy of the harp ceases. Verse 9. They shall not drink wine with a song. Strong drink shall be bitter to them that drink it. Verse 10. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. Wow, talk about a lockdown. Isaiah 24, 11. There is a crying for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. There's that 10 days of darkness from the 5th to the 15th. High alert right now. Time will tell. I would be watching right in the center of that time frame. Between the 5th and the 15th, they say, I'd be looking at the 10th and the 11th. Strong possibilities of things going way south and these words coming to pass if I were just viewing things. Isaiah 24, verse 12. In the city is left desolation, and the gate is smitten with destruction. Isaiah 24, 13. When thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people... There shall be as the shaking of an olive tree and the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done. Hmm. I put a note out here about Isaiah 24. I did a lot of preaching on Isaiah chapter 24. I broke every word that was important down into the Hebrew. I dissected it. I could do that with you if you're interested this week. I can go through the entire prophecy of Isaiah 24. And man, it gets deep, deep, deep. But I think just this at the level, what we're reading is kind of a confirmation to our minds. But I did write this. Isaiah 24.1. The prophet transports himself in spirit to the end of all things. He describes the destruction of the world. He sees, however, that this destruction will be gradually accomplished like it's been. He here depicts the first scene the destruction of all that exists on the surface of the earth, as even now occurs in limited areas as a consequence of wars. Jehovah empties, devastates, depopulates, depopulates the surface of the earth. That was from Johann P. Lang, a commentary. That was the commentary on Isaiah 24.1. The writer feels that he is living in the last days. And I will tell you, if you have a prophetic gift, when you get a download from the Spirit and you're transported into what God is going to show you, you feel like you're in it right now. And that's why some some prematurely say, oh, it's now, it's now. Because when you're in it and you're getting it from God, it's real time. So the writer feels that he is living in the last days and in the universal wretchedness and confusions of the age, he seems to discern the beginning of sorrows 
Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, family of God, brothers and sisters, you have been in the beginning of sorrows, in my understanding, since 9-11-2001. I believe that emergency alarm to awaken this nation and the people around the world, because as goes America, goes the rest of the world, believe it. So I believe that since that time, that obvious 9-11, it began the ticking of the clock in the beginning of sorrows. And as time has gone since 9-11-2001, if you've been awake and watching, you will know that there has been an acceleration of birth pangs and an intensification, 2020, 2019, rioting, things you've never seen in our country like this, like we did. An intensification of the birth pangs, an acceleration. His thoughts glide almost imperceptibly from the one point of view to the other. Now describing the distress and depression which exist, and now the more terrible visitation which is imminent. So let's just be clear. Our work is to declare to you what God has revealed to us. As pastors in our church, our job is to prepare the people spiritually, solically, and physically. Our job is to minister to the whole person. That's a triple balance. You've got to move in and out. You've got to move from spirit, soul, body. You've got to go move, move, move. You've got to minister to their physical needs. Move to their spiritual, their solical, their mental, emotional. It's, it's a ministry that only the Spirit of God can do. Only God's Spirit can do it. These scriptures agree with the accurate description of Peter. Okay, so what we just read. The simplicity of our message the simplicity of the message I've been preaching for a very long time. You are, you are and have been in the beginning of sorrows, I believe, since 9-11-2001. We've witnessed the nine months. Remember, there's a long time. There's nine months before the actual real heavy-duty stuff comes in the pregnancy. The real screaming, shouting, intensified things. That's only for a brief moment, a few hours. Giving birth takes about, you know, just a few hours in some cases a little longer, but not more than two days. But all those months, the nine months comparison to the day of giving birth, nine months. You've been in the beginning of sorrows for nine months, so to speak. Now is coming the birthing. Now, are those nine months completed, or will we just see this thing take to another level as we get closer to the Great Tribulation? Now, remember, the Great Tribulation of these days will be the greatest tribulation that has ever hit the face of the earth that has never been before, will never be again. And after this global great tribulation, the Lord will return to bring a harvest of his people. The dead in Christ will rise. We will be alive and remaining. That's, that's a no-brainer now for people that study Bible prophecy. But we haven't gotten there yet. And a false hope of being whisked away in a secret preacher of rapture is one of the most foolish doctrines ever preached, ever. It's so disarming to the body of Christ. So that's why so many will get caught in the snare and will be in the great tribulation and will have to wash their robes, straighten out their wrinkles and get their spots dealt with during the great tribulation 
They will have washed their robes, and then they will come out of great tribulation and be with the Lord. That's what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 7. But those who know and understand these things, God said, enter into your ark. Get everything prepared. Get ready to get out of the way. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Know where you're going. The greatest depopulation, let me say it again, the greatest depopulation events are now here. This may be what we call the eighth month of the pregnancy. And we may be getting into the first pang of the season of the birthing. You know and I know that we're watching vaccination cards and passports. You can't buy or sell without them. You, you can't even fly to another country without being vaccinated right now. Listen, take heed, be careful how you hear. You could not get on an airplane freely like you did two years ago and fly to another country and show up in the other country, go through the airport, and go and just scatter around in that country. You can't do that without a vaccination, COVID testing, and 10 days or 14 days of quarantine before you even get out and go. That's eerily similar to Revelation 13. Some people can't go to stores. Some people can't go to restaurants. Some places you have to have this vaccine passport card to do anything. It's coming that quickly. And the thing that I believe is going to usher in that great tribulation is going to be what we've talked about today. The war that's going to depopulate this earth, and it's going to be quick and it's going to be swift. Food shortages, waters that are going to be undrinkable in many places. These are the things the famines, the droughts, the supply chain broken down, the highways cut off, no travel. And I see it in a very simple way how that happens in one hour. All these years of hush in the realm of terrorism, Islamic terrorism, and other terrorist activities, you detonate a few bombs in seven to 15 major cities, you collapse it. And I refuse to believe the propaganda. Ah, oh, don't worry about nuclear bombs. Don't worry about dirty bombs. Don't worry about bombs that release chemicals into the atmosphere. No, I won't worry. I'm not going to let my heart be troubled as we started the broadcast, but I won't be ignorant. There are things ready to happen in this country because the great judgment of this country is really going to open the door and usher in the global one world government under the power of Satan, Lucifer. So wrap it up. What does it say? Second Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Looking for and hastening under the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. There is fire coming to our nation. There is fire coming all over the world. It's the fire of war. It is the fire of judgment. It is fire. 
And all we can say is prepare. Prepare. Jesus said, for those of you just joining in maybe a little later, at the beginning of the broadcast, I gave a little early, you know, meal out of John 14. And now maybe it'll make a little bit more sense for those of you who have been with me up until this moment. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And later in verse 27, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The people that have had an open ear to hear, who have inclined their ear to hear the word of the Lord. You see, there is no debate any longer. I mean, you could turn the channel, you can go to another tube, you could hear someone saying, the greatest harvest in the world is coming. But let's be clear about something in all sincerity, in all humility. Let's be clear about something. The same people that are telling you right now, peace and safety, the same people that are telling you right now that, you know, everything's going to turn around. It's all going to be good. There's a great revival ready to break out. Listen to what so-and-so said years ago. Many of them are the same people that were saying Donald Trump was going to win the election. Many of them were saying all kinds of things for years. Most of them are a little disturbed right now that they're still on the planet with everything they see going on that they themselves have preached. Oh, my God, these are the very signs we're out of here any minute now, and they're not leaving because there is no such thing as a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. It doesn't exist anywhere in Scripture, nowhere. So who you listen to, who you're getting your information, if you're going to soothsayers because you need that, There's something wrong with you. If you need someone to tell you, no, there's no judgment in America. Everything's okay. God's on our side. Donald's coming to save the day. If you need that to be at peace, you're in trouble. Jesus spoke those words when he was about to go to the cross and they were about to be persecuted. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. He spoke those words hours before his arrest. Hours before his trial, hours before his crucifixion. And what happened in the world in those days was the great persecution that scattered the believers all over the world. God used it for his glory. Jesus said, don't, he didn't say, don't be troubled because you're out of here in a preacher of rapture, boys. In this broadcast, on this channel, you're listening to the words of God. I know this is going to irk some people, and I apologize. I'm not trying to irk anybody, okay? And I am in a spirit of humility wanting to share this. We prophesied days before the whole 2020 calamity thing hit. Anarchy, civil disobedience, we we prophesied it. We prophesied through a dream that Joe Biden would win the election, and it happened. Same suit, same tie, a perfect revelation from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is speaking, and we have a church that's in debate. I'm of this one. I'm of that one. Why can't the church hear the Holy Spirit? 
the Bible is a very complex book because you could turn to one page and it's all about revival and outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the glory of God and all this great stuff. On the other side, it's gloom and doom and get ready, get into your ark, shut the door. The wisdom is to know what moment it is. And someone says, well, both. And I want you to know I'm all for winning souls. In the days of Noah, as time grew closer for the people to get into the ark, the preaching that had gone on in that generation came to an end. And those that were ready went into the ark. And the rest of the world was drowned in a flood. And there's a similarity to this moment. God has prepared a wilderness in Revelation 12 for his people. He's prepared Goshen's arks, cities of refuge, secret places. And to know his heart and to know his will is the most important thing right now. Is it scary? It's so scary that men's hearts will fail them for fear of what they see coming on the earth. And do you know what those fearful people are going to be begging for? Some minister to tell them everything's going to be okay. Rather than putting their complete, total faith and trust in Jesus Christ, repenting from all of their sins, taking up their cross and following Jesus, whether they live or die, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. They just want someone to tickle their ears. You see, we had this vision 30 years ago. Another open vision. And I was taken into space in the blackness of darkness. And then I started coming down onto this earth and I saw little lights spread out. Dark earth, little lights. I went into a particular part of the country, of this country, I think it was in Boston. I heard it was charcoal gray. The atmosphere was tense. I heard footprints echoing like you would think in the London fog. And I, in the spirit, saw this individual going to a house where there was a light on. He went into the house. He knocked on the door. He didn't go in. He knocked on the door. A man of God answered the door. X-ray vision, looked into the soul of the man before him, recognized that he had been playing games with God. He was very carnal, very fleshly. He's just afraid, and he needed a place to come and hide. I went in by his vision into the living room of that home. I heard the most beautiful music that I've ever heard in my life. It was heavenly. The light was on. The golden flask of oil was wide open. There was someone laying on a couch, and they were being healed, and the glory of God was in that home. In my vision, the man of God knew if I let this man into this house, he's going to quench the spirit. He's going to quench the spirit. I believe that we are now at the moment where God's going to clean his house. And I believe people are going to be asked to leave churches that they've been a part of because their conduct, their attitude, their behavior before the Lord has not been right. And if God wants to remove a minister, he will do it. There has to be an environment for God's glory. The megachurches are shows. 
They are rock bands. They are musical instruments. They are soothsaying areas for the rebellious and unrepentant. I believe that there's going to be a genuine separation. And it's all in God's time because God does not desire any to perish. So he's very patient. And he allows for things to go on for as long as he does. But when he sends his command into the heart of his true vessels, they will begin to do what he says to do. And I believe we're going to see such a sifting and such a shaking that the shaking is going to separate. And God's going to continue to shake down to the remnant of his heart. And he's going to bring them into those secret places. It's an intense moment. I wouldn't want to be living, playing games with God right now. I wouldn't want to be in my heart divided, double-minded, one foot in, one foot out. Arguments, debates, all these different problems that people have. Our job has been to prepare people just to get submitted to the Lord and his will and his purpose. And we need to be doing that. Because this is the time. The darkness is coming. The article that we were sharing out of the 10 days of darkness from today until the 15th, just profound. I believe you and I need to make the necessary preparations. What I heard weeks ago now, five months, five months. And why did I say that? It's like a spiritual inclination because the year 5781 that we're in right now presently, we're not in Rosh Hashanah, New Year. That's not in God's calendar. That's rabbinical teaching. We're still in 5781, and it means pack your bags, anguish, tribulation, pressure. Pack your bags. 5782, the awakening. And people are going to awaken to a reality that is going to terrify them. They're going to awaken in the right place because they prepared, or they're going to awaken in the snare that Jesus talked about in Luke 21. As a snare shall it come on the whole earth, and they shall not escape. That means they're going to be in it, and they're going to have to go through it, while others who have paid attention, honored the Lord, separated and came out and done the right thing, will be going for three and a half years in an environment where the glory of God will be, maybe in a home. I've been talking to you for a while, and I've been very cautious to do it. We have raised up pastors, elders in our ministry, our small little church, for years have been laboring in the lives of men and women to get them ready for the calling that God put on their lives. They've had to be tested to their core in order to stand in what God's ready to put them in right now. Because I believe that the pastors coming out of New Wine Ministries represent those home fellowships where the glory of God will be cultivated. I asked you a week or so ago, wherever you lived, are you ready for a home fellowship to gather your friends and family and allow a pastoral, elder pastoral into your sphere of influence to come and begin the work? We're not operating out of the imagination of our heart. We're operating out of the wisdom and the vision of God that has revealed these things. Our pastors are hungry to serve. They are hungry to serve. They know their job is in the climate of what we're talking about right now. 
They're not going to come to your home and preach on a pre-tribulational rapture. Once saved, always saved. They're going to come to shepherd the souls of God's people as under-shepherds of the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. To get that, the community growing and going and getting ready. And time is short. We suggested last week a three-month trial run. Allow for three months, like the ark that was in uh, the house of Obedidim. And while it was there for three months, his house prospered like crazy. That maybe you would open up your home to allow these pastors representing the ark of the Lord to come in and start to bless you, the presence of God for your well-being. You may say, well, I don't need that. Maybe. Maybe you do. I know this is God's plan and purpose. And I know that we're contending with a double-mindedness in the body of Christ. Megachurch, revival, millions of souls saved on the globe. I don't believe people understand. Now, I love my brothers and sisters, but i got to tell you the truth. During the Feast of Tabernacles, a night came. And don't get mad at me if you're watching. Just know my heart. Uh, one of the nights came where people started praying for Washington, D.C., pulling down strongholds over our nation. I couldn't pray the prayer because I know in my spirit judgment is on our land. And I know judgment begins in the house of God, and that judgment means to separate. I know that. I couldn't pray the prayer of pulling down the satanic strongholds and binding the devil and releasing the glory. I can't pray that prayer. Why? Because in the prophetic time of God Almighty, we're not there for revival. We are the end of the end of the end of the end of the ages. And the great tribulation is coming at us like a comet. Viewable. Viewable. And people still aren't paying attention. But the beginning of sorrows of what's coming on this earth has begun. And, and, and the... the the soft, sweet, easy, at ease in Zion thing that's been going on, it's going to be shaken disruptively. The nest is about to be shaken. And if that riles you in your heart or causes your eyebrow to raise or you squint, something's wrong with your heart. It's not because I'm lying to you. It's not because I'm deceiving you. It's not because I'm playing games and drama. It's because the truth is unnerving something within you. Let me tell you what truth does. And this is why you're not seeing a lot of shaking up in the body of Christ, because there's very little truth, quite frankly. Truth exposes fault lines in people's hearts or in a church. And when truth comes and it exposes the fault lines and there's a shaking and a rumbling and a, whoa, what was that? That's what truth does. And it exposes a lot of stuff. And I believe that God is going to send hailstones of truth that are going to shake this nation and shake the church, and shake the world. Because so many people are operating under a lie and under deception. If you follow this ministry, you have never once heard me say, the judgment theme is over, the revival is on. Never. Always hoped for souls to be saved. 
never a problem. And if you're a great evangelist, go get them. Where I live in my world, in my sphere of influence, wherever I go, wherever God opens the door for me to share the gospel, I do. One plants, the other waters, God gives the increase. We don't believe that there is a coming revival and judgments going away. We believe that God has sent his judgment into this nation for years now, and it's gone unheeded and actually further rebelled against that it brought us to the crises of a divided nation, a divided house cannot stand. That we've gone beyond judgment into destruction. And destruction is what has come upon our nation. And it's been so just played out but as suddenly, in one day, in one hour, it's going to change. And at that moment, it's not going to be, I told you so, and blah, blah, blah. No, at that time, people will be where they are. If they're unprepared, they will remain unprepared and have to deal with things as they go. If they are prepared, they'll be able to go into that time of preparation and they'll be able to ride out this storm with less of the tribulation pressure hitting their lives and people that are directly in it. An uncomfortable season is coming. An uncomfortable season is coming. The possibility and the potential for these massive birth pangs now from the mild ones that have been are going to produce the great tribulation period where Satan comes on this earth in a dread form. And it's in your Bible. And the only question, is it possible that we're that generation? And the answer is absolutely yes. But what does it look like? What does it look like? I've been doing all the talking today. It's already 1026, and uh, I'd like to move on a little bit into our uh, chat room here. Let me say good morning to our friends. I've got an announcement to make for you. By the way, those of you that listen to uh, Facebook or YouTube, uh, the announcement that I need to make with you is that a friend of mine from many years ago, who you're going to hear on this broadcast very soon, um, is uh, suggesting that I get to two new platforms, and he wanted me to put out a post. Uh, Let me just read this real quick. Uh, I wanted me to put out a post to ask you, our listeners, um, he said this, uh, maybe you can kick out a post on Facebook sometime to see how many of your followers have Gab and Telegram accounts. But just keep in mind that you will also have a new ministry field on those platforms with new listeners. So Gab, G-A-B, and Telegram Okay, if you get an account, I don't think it costs anything to get an account there, but if you get an account on Gab and Telegram, we will be shifting off of Facebook and YouTube, and we will be going to Gab and Telegram, which is you can talk about things you need to talk about, like vaccinations and uh, the the deception behind all that and all all the things that need to be said. Um, So Gab and Telegram. And my brother in the Lord is going to assist me in tutoring me on how to get that up and running so that I could do the same thing that I'm doing right now. So I wanted to give you that heads up. We will put out a post. If you could get an account on Gab 
If you can get an account on Telegram, that's where we will be heading. Uh, we talked about Brighteon. We talked about Rumble, some other ones. We'll let you know as time goes, but this is going to be the emphasis, and this is the way we're going to start rolling. Also, right now on our Rev Media, which is if you go to omegaradio.org, uh, we are broadcasting both audio and video. So if you go to omegaradio.org and you, and you push the watch live button, you should be seeing the video. And if you, listen, if you say listen now, listen live, you should be hearing us. So that's another thought. But let's say good morning, Charlotte. I want to say thank you. We received a blessing from you. God bless you and thank you. It was the end of the month. I cried out. It was the end of the month. We needed some financial help. You helped supply a beautiful gift. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. May God multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. May God give you wisdom to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. May he truly direct your path in Jesus' name. Melissa, Pastor Melissa, good morning, brothers and sisters of Christ. Looking forward to studying the word with you today. Okay, well, that's what we've been doing, Melissa. Good to hear from you. God bless you, special lady uh, and pastor. God bless the people that are under you, that are learning from you. Great job. Joyce Young is with us today. Joyce, would you remember to bring some coffee? Coffee, coffee, coffee. Joyce, we need three of them today. But we love you a lot more than for the coffee, okay? Thanks for tuning in today, Joyce. God bless you. Cindy, mess with us with us. Cindy, keep cutting hair. We praise the Lord for your hair cutting and your hospitality spirit that you bring to the table. God bless you, Cindy Messman, as well. Uh, Kevin Hauger is with us today, the man behind the scenes. Kevin Hauger is giving us a good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, see, Chuck Eastridge is with us today, giving us an amen. Chuck, God bless you, sir, and amen. Hallelujah. Denny Sossman, Pastor Denny Sossman is with us today. Good morning, Pastor Vincent and fellow saints. Pastor Denny and Sally ordained during the Feast of Tabernacles. These two are going to be some of the gifts of God to the congregation that God brings them to. And however God's going to use them in ministry, we have eternal fellowship and relationship with this couple. And they are ready, and they've been prepared for this moment. Uh, so I think someone said they've been prepared their whole life for this moment, and they're ready to be launched, and I believe they're sold out to the Lord's purpose, and so, um, again, we're looking for home fellowships, homes to open, people that would welcome some of the workmanship that God has done through our ministry into their lives to send them forth to do the work that God's called them to do. Uh, also, Chuck Eastridge, wow, all hell is taking place. You have been right on with all of this, Chuck said, thank you. You were the only one saying Biden would become president and what color suit he would be wearing. Yeah, that's true. God gave that. And I think that the Lord gave it not for my ego to swell, but to let people know that to follow this ministry, that there is truth in it and that God is operating it in a supernatural way. It could be a trusted ministry, a trusted work. Does it mean we're perfect and we say it right all the time? But I do believe God gave these things. I see my brother right now. Um, Chuck goes on to say, yes, definitely is possible. Uh, yes, we are just a vapor away from glory. Amen to that. Uh, yeah, it's all over. And LOL, it's never coming back. I believe that's true. I don't believe we're ever going to come back. It's not written in the word. Uh, my dear brother, Jeff Bass, Mr. Voice, Pastor Jeff, 
Good morning, Pastor Vincent. You're spot on. We need to awaken to how all of what we're dealing with is satanic and demonic. Listen to this from last week. And and my brother, Pastor Jeff, is going to send some stuff. Um, We have another amen from Chuck uh, Eastridge. God bless you, Chuck. Pastor Jeff says, Biden said about him getting the one trillion infrastructure deal done, quote, it doesn't matter whether it's six minutes, six days or six weeks, we're going to get it done. Check out the 666 reference in his answer. Ooh, six minutes, six days, six weeks. Doing business with the beast. Mamma mia. All right. Uh, Chuck says, I believe it. You have been right on, Pastor. Thank you. Jeff Bass, I believe God has given us, the body of Christ, a grace period, the number five, which is grace to prepare. Maybe the five months is a grace period. Good connection. Uh, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Chuck gives us an amen. Amos 8.11. We got some wows, amens, amens. Terry Shannon joins us. Good morning, Brenda Torville and Marisa. All right, so Marisa's online. And uh, Brenda Torville. Uh, Chuck says, exactly. Chuck Eastridge. And by the way, Terry Shannon, good morning to you too, sir. Um, Cindy says, Pastor Vincent Xavier, you speak the truth. Thank you. That's what we want to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, so true. Amen. Cindy, sifting and shaking. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we have just a lot of amens, amen, and truth. Pastor Vincent, Charlotte Gotch, have Telegram. Good. Charlotte, you have Telegram? That's awesome. Uh, so remember, if you're listening, you want Telegram, you want to look into Gab. Sister Gayla Lawrence, I have Telegram too. Hi, Gayla. We missed you during the Feast of Tabernacles. It was phenomenal. But we missed a lot of our friends too. Met new friends. Wish y'all could have been there. Anyways, Pastor Kevin Honeycutt. Man of God, going to the nations, what do you have to say this morning? Good morning, listening and stirred. We are seeing more and more people who do not want to believe or hear truth concerning what is coming. I am seeing masses that have had fluff and stuff given to them. Shock and awe is coming, no matter if people want it or not. So we are still preaching, teaching, obeying the word and preparing for that which is coming, trusting and looking to Jesus, Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, if I were in Tennessee by Pastor Honeycutt's church, that's where I'd be going. Hallelujah. Joyce Young, I got your coffee. Hallelujah. We've been kind of a couple of days just drinking other stuff. You know, by the way, Joyce, she has this great coffee. It's called Organo Gold. Some people like it, some people don't. We love it. We've had it for years. It's so organic, good and healthy for your body. Maybe if anybody wants to try your coffee, they could reach out to you, Joyce. Hmm. We'll need to talk about that. Make sure we're doing everything right. Cindy Messman is praying. Jeff asked, we don't need to get back to normal. We need to get back to Jesus. Amen. I love that. I will join you on Gab and Telegram. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Love you, man. God bless your heart. All right. The telephone lines are open right now, 818-369-0326. Well, we've certainly let it rip. We're telling it the way we see it. What we see is biblical. It is truth, spirit truth. It is non-man agenda, no personal gain we're getting from saying this stuff. Honestly, we're just wanting to tell the truth of what we see and what we've been raised up to do. And we do see it. It's all around us. And it's already begun. The concern, what's ahead? We've said it long enough tonight or today, wherever we are. Daniel Seckham, my dear brother Daniel. I think what I'm going to begin to do with Daniel 
is interview him Monday nights. And so Monday night is our one day off, and we work the other six days of the week. So our Monday night, I'm going to be interviewing Daniel, and then Tuesday morning we'll start the week with that interview, and then we'll go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And Wednesdays, I'd like to be online with our uh, friends Brian and Kathy from Honduras. And by the way, I finally found out how to give a donation to them, and our Ecclesia New Wine Ministries, is going to begin to sow through the offerings into their work. And uh, we have already sent a donation, um, and it's from the offerings of New Wine Ministry to Brian and Kathy. And we, we, we want to start sharing with them what they're doing as, as workers in Honduras, okay? And just meeting their needs and blessing them because they're wonderfully prepared for whatever God has them doing in this season coming up. I need you to write this down. And what I'm about to say to you in, in the promotion of it is coming from the core of my existence, the truth of God inside of me. October 22nd, if the world is still normal, whatever the darkness is going to bring, however this all works out, okay, I'm, I'm still believing five months, five months, God's grace period, right? October 22nd through the 24th, Chris and Maxine Brochu from Canada are coming if the world is still the same. We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll let you know. So they're coming to Northwest Arkansas. Chris Brochu and Maxine carry an anointing of transformation in his ministry of the Father's heart. It is a life-changing anointing. Uh, Maxine, his wife, sings like you've not heard before. They're going to be bringing their message, their gifting, their anointing October 22nd to the 24th because God told me during the Feast of Tabernacles, start inviting people to come to New Wine Ministry and let them start to sow in. We do it all the time. And we have pastors, potentially, that have the ability to, to minister. And we're going to make room for that and place for that. But there are also those that need to just sow into all of us, okay? Not just me and not just Patricia, okay? So we're going to be inviting people, as many as we can, that have an anointing, that have a relevant message, that have a life-changing spiritual, uh, you know, behavior about them. Just, you're going to love Chris and Maxine. There are people today that when we brought them five or six years ago that still remember the message that they brought. And my brother, Chris, I can't wait to see him face-to-face -face again. It's going to be an amazing time. What I'm saying is that you're invited October 22nd through the 24th, just like you may have come out for the Feast of Tabernacles. You definitely want to come out for this conference Friday, Saturday, Sunday, simple weekend, and get involved in what this will be all about. So um, what else do we want to say? We have a few more announcements I wanted to make. Um, so for Brian and Kathy, um, I will share with you um, how we're giving to them. And I want to be cautious about how I relay that out. So I want to get some permission to do some things before I do it. Um, <clears throat> Jody Keene is with us from Florida. And Jody says, Governor DeSantis' wife diagnosed with breast cancer yesterday. Lift in prayer, please. We need to be reelected. They have three children under four. Uh, okay. 
So Governor DeSantis's wife, breast cancer diagnosis, Father God, you've done it before, you could do it again. May she call upon you. May she draw near to you, and may you heal her in the top of her head to the tips of her toes and deliver her. Lord, only you know her heart before you, and we pray for her soul to be saved, and through that her body will be saved as well. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Things are changing, folks. The scenario that I'm presenting and have been for many years brings to an end the idea of how we've governed as a nation. The structure of government in our nation is going to change. I told my brother Mike today that the only government that could really deal with today's issues is we, the people government, who were born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit. But the government that God has raised up for these days is to get God's people to navigate through what's coming down the pipe because the inevitability of the avalanche of judgment and destruction are clear. In 18 years, we've been prophesying these things. Since 9-11, 2001, 19 years. 19 years. It's true. We're on track. Praise God. Shirley Woosley is with us today. Praise God. Praise God. Gab, telegram, shifting, everything goes south. We shut down. We go to our prepared place. You'll do the same. Um, What we're going to be talking about, so Daniel Seckham, I want to interview Monday nights. I'll I'll bring that on Tuesday morning. Uh, Hopefully, Kathy and Brian will be with us Wednesday morning. Uh, just speaking into, sharing out of the abundance of what they've been prepared to do. I heard Kathy say that her husband, and it's obvious, that he's a treasure trove of just studying and wisdom and knowledge, revelation of the truth of God's word. What's what you do when you're in the mountains of Honduras, I guess? You have lots of time to spend with God. Wow. Like Moses on the backside of the desert. But the time comes when they get called forth into impacting the kingdom, which you and I are part of. So hopefully Wednesdays we can get them to be joining. Uh, Maybe even if they're listening right now, Kathy and um, Brian, we'll be sending you an invite tomorrow so you could join us on the air. Um, I've got my friends, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Honeycutt, Pastor Dave and Victoria Obenauer. These are fresh voices for these days that need to continue to speak into this moment. And we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. No drama, no fictitious monsters, but a very real, biblical perspective of what's going on in our world right now. And you should be ready. You should be ready. Final preparations, necessary things. The threefold purpose of the devil is to delay, deceive, and distract. A lot of people praying for Ron DeSantis' life right now, his wife right now, 
and we agree for her healing. We agree for souls that are intended to come into the kingdom. During the great shaking, maybe there will be a shaking of the ripe fruit for salvation. We're good with that. But not an eclipse of the other side of this day. Do you know when people die in massive death experiences like 9-11s and all these things, do you know that the eternal fate of those people is settled? Either they're going into everlasting life or everlasting death and condemnation. The soul of people that die physically, they're going in one of two directions, maybe different levels in those directions. There's a third heaven, for example. Seven steps that the book of Song, uh, the, the Song of Solomon talks about seems to have an indication that there are levels in heaven. There are probably levels in hell and eternal death. People will become desperate in the days ahead. Panic that the articles talked about, panic shopping, get ahead of it. Make the final preparations. I'll see you tomorrow. Facebook, YouTube, and our Rev Media on Omega Radio. I hope to be talking with my friend to get into the Telegram and Gab quick. And so get the account. When you get off this broadcast, go to Gab, go to Telegram, make an account. So when we get there, you'll be able to find us. It's supposed to be a huge platform. And we'll see. And it's only because God wants these platforms made available to get this word out to whoever has an ear to hear. That's our job. That's all we're going to do. We're not changing any messages. Stay alert. Stay sober. Stay watchful. Clean up all the areas of your heart and mind that need to be cleaned up. Allow for the washing of the water of the word. Allow the purging and the purifying, sanctification, the cleansing. Repent from any sin that you're aware of in your life. Think differently about it and turn in another direction and stop doing it. Eternity is a long time. Eternity is a long time. And if you're hearing my voice today and you hear the critical moment that we're in, and you're on the borderline in your mind, in your life, and you have not gone all the way in with Jesus, I want to encourage you today to do it. Because the middle wall, that middle ground, that double-mindedness, that lukewarmness, that compromised condition will not serve you well. Jesus and the gospel is all about one thing. This I could give my life on. As everything else I just said, I believe with all my heart. But I'll give my life to this. When it comes to us in our relationship to God, it is all or nothing. 99.9% is not enough. I promise you that. It's all or nothing. Now, some of us, like the guy you're listening to, we have a lot more stuff to get worked out, but we're all in. And we walk in the level that God has brought us to. We go from glory to glory. 
you may be experiencing a 30-fold work of God in your life, but you're all in. You just have a lot of stuff to take care of. Generational bloodline curses, sin issues. You may have a lot of issues, but you could be all in with those issues and watch God do the work that he's done in people's lives throughout time. So don't give up. Keep going and go from the 30-fold to the 60-fold and then go on to perfection. Like Hebrews says, let us go on to perfection in our maturity, in our love, our love for one another. Our message, let's be clear, is not a hate speech. It's not hate. It's God's word in the day of judgment upon the nations that have fought against him, blasphemed him, and people that have concurred with that spirit. Righteous judgment of God is coming. Eternity is real. And whatever side of eternity you're going to spend on, I would wish to God today you would drop your stones, you would give up your rebellion and stubbornness and walk with the Lord. I would pray today that you would get off the fence, go all in, Find a great pastor in a great church. We're willing to send pastors to your neck of the woods if need be. Don't take eternity lightly. Take this temporary world lightly. In other words, don't hold on to it. Don't put your life in it. It's all going to disappear. We came in with nothing. We're leaving with nothing. Don't take the world serious. Take God serious and take eternity serious. Because the God of the Bible says some will wake to everlasting life and some will wake to everlasting contempt and shame. The lake of fire is real. Hell is real. Death is real. Eternal damnation, the smoke of their torment going up forever is real. This is all real. And all the rebellion in the world is not going to satisfy that. People just don't understand the reality of eternal torment. Torment. Get off the fence. Get off the fence. I don't care who you are. CEO of a company, playing games with God, military. I don't care who you are. Jesus, all in, is the call for you. All in with Jesus. I'm not asking you about anything else. All in with Jesus. Take the Bible. Start reading it. Ask for the Holy Spirit gift. Maybe you're hearing this message for the last time. You never know. The appeal of the Father's heart is here. My arms are stretched out still. But we don't know when that day ends. And if you died today in your present heart condition, could you honestly say, I'm all in. I may not have arrived at the destination of being conformed into the image of the firstborn son, but I'm all in. I'm all in. If you cannot say that, if you're still got a little bit reserved for yourself, I'll go as far as this, but when, when, you, when this is required, I'm not so sure. You need to deal with that. It has to be all in. You have to be all in with Jesus. It's not a sloppy agape message. It's not a floundering message. It's not a lukewarm message. It's not a compromised word. 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I love him. You love him. But I haven't grown unto the full stature of the maturity yet, which means I still need to be under tutelage and I need to be sown into. I have to, just like you, grow up more and more and more. Trusting that I'm being renewed day by day. Though the outer man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day, as by the Spirit of the Lord. And I am being conformed into his image from glory to glory. And so are you. Stay in the word. Stay in Bible study. Stay accountable. Stay with your heart fully engaged, wide open. God could say anything to you, and you won't balk at it. You'll yield. Yield. He could ask of you anything, and you will yield. This is true Christianity. It's not denominational. It's organic walk with God. And that's what he wants from you and I. He wants to walk with his new creation species. And if you're born again, you are a new creature. And Father wants to walk with you. And Father wants to walk with you in the cool of the day like he did Adam, the first Adam. We are of a new nature than that first Adam. We have been given a divine nature, a new nature. And Father wants to fellowship with that and grow it up to become like him. All in. Now and forevermore. There's nothing more wonderful than God. God is all in all. Nothing more exciting than God. Nothing more beautiful than God. Nothing more powerful. Nothing more pleasurable. God. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. The presence of God. When it gets in there and it moves and it manifests, my, oh, my. My, oh, my. Wouldn't exchange it for anything in the world. And we're going into the eternal bliss. Make sure there's no unforgiveness in our hearts. Make sure there's no grudge. Make sure there's no root of bitterness or resentment. Make sure there's no contradiction to anything God's word says. Make sure when you read the Bible that anything inside of you that doesn't line up with it, it has to change. Don't try to change the Bible to fit into what you are. Don't ever take God's word and make it fit into your paradigm. You read God's word and you yield and you fall on that rock and you get broken. And you got a lot of changing to do as we all did. We all need our minds changed. Okay, so rather than allowing that rock to fall on you and crush you because you're trying to make it conform to you, no, you fall on it and be broken and God will raise you up to the highest heights of heaven. You are loved. You are eternally, truly Loved by God. The real, true God loves you. To that, there is no doubt. And he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to walk with you. He 
loves you. Regardless of what the condition of your life is in, maybe a broken marriage, maybe a harsh divorce, maybe rebellion and drugs, maybe all kinds of crazy stuff. If you're hearing this word right now, you need to know that God's love is greater than your condition. God's love is greater than your condition. And if you will turn to God with all your heart, all your soul, hold nothing back from him, but turn to him in total abandonment and surrender, his love for you will be known to you. He will give you the graces that came with his son, Jesus Christ. He will forgive you for all your sins. He will wash you thoroughly from all inward defilement, infection, disease, and iniquity. He will start a work. He will send the Holy Spirit to give you the first fruits of eternal salvation and eternal life. The eternal Spirit of God will come into you and dwell with you forever and will help you to go about the transformation. He will feed you pure doctrine that will inspire you and give strength to you to break bondages and chains. God loves you regardless of what you've done. Now, without turning to the Savior, the wrath of God is on your life. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. This is why Jesus could say to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My peace I give unto you. Receive his peace today. Know that you're loved. Let not your heart be troubled. Call on the helper, the strengthener, the Holy Spirit to do everything that needs to get done. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Shalom and God bless you. I love that word, shalom. Shalom. Jesus, come into my heart. That's all you have to say. Say that little prayer. Jesus, come into my heart. Let the Holy Spirit take over the rest. See you tomorrow.